Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 That Time When podcast series. I'm Matt, and I'm joined by two of uh, the long-standing WTF1 citizens, being Tom Bellingham and Dan Thorne. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. How are we both? Good, thanks. Ready to talk about Formula One? We. Oui. Yeah. Oh, oh French cheeky. theme. Like it. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about the time that Prost GP ran underweight to attract sponsors. So that's uh, pre-season testing in 2001 where we will be diving into Prost GP running underweight to set some incredibly fast lap times. But before we go into the exact reasons why, Tommy, I'm going to throw it over to you to give me some insight, some background into Prost GP. How's that sound? Sounds great. Oh, groovy. Let's go straight into it. Good job. I, I know about it. I um, hope so. Well, yeah. So do I. <laughs> oh, I wish I'd not thrown it to you. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 1996, I guess, would be a good place to start. So, uh, Ligier... Um, I think it's fair to say we're very much a midfield team at the time, despite winning Monaco that year. Yeah. Um, they did have a lot of success though in the 70s, was it? Uh, late 70s, Le- early, early 80s. 80s Jacques Lafitte. And they won races? I yeah, assume. won races. Yeah, they were pretty uh, good. Kind of challenged for championships as well. You know, they were one of the top teams for a bit. Yeah, but they very much became midfield team, uh, sort of... What would you say compared to nowadays, like a Force India, something like that? that yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. might sneak the odd result the in. The odd podium here and there. Yeah, but. Um, but in 1997 they got bought out by Prost, as in Alan Prost. Who would have thought? If you didn't know, if you didn't know, I assume it wouldn't. It wasn't Nicholas Prost. Um, <laughs> that would have been incredible because he, he would have been, been like, like nine 10 or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they bought uh, uh, Alan Prost bought that team, that French team. And um, they did pretty well in their first year, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, 97 was kind of a bit of a year change. The cars were slightly different to the year before. But the big change was instead of being a single tyre supplier with Goodyear, Bridgestone came in. But because they were a new tyre supplier, all the teams that went with Bridgestone were sort of midfield teams. But it turned out that the tyres were actually really good under certain conditions. And Prost being one of the teams with Bridgestone tyres turned out to be very competitive at certain races and Olivier Panis actually challenged for wins and was considered a bit of an outside championship contender. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. That was pretty crazy. I, I look back and actually at the results and um, after six rounds, Panis was third in the championship, which again, trying to put this into perspective is kind of the equivalent of Perez maybe being third in the title behind or, or Hamilton. even Alonso and in, in the McLaren that he had yeah um was it, la- was it last year right he was fourth yeah after Baku was yeah. he yeah he's ridiculous kept getting seventh so it was, it was a big big shock to the system 97 um but it, it went all downhill uh going into the next year right yeah so ni- 97 they were still very much Ligier they ran under L- the Ligier chassis name and yeah it, they, he very much just bought the team at the start of the year and just ran it um, but the first Prost, which I assume was the AP01. Yep. Nice. Yep. Good work. Didn't even have that in my notes. 
I mean, it could be wrong, but we, we all trust that Dan Thorne knows <laughs> it's, it's everything. It's not wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they scored one point in 1998. Not a great year. No, no. Um, yeah, I mean, for 97, they, as you said, just bought Ligier, so they had Moog and Honda engines. But for 98, uh, Prost did this deal with Peugeot, where it was supposed to become like a manufacturer team. Peugeot would provide the engines um, and provide development. But in the end, Peugeot changed the contract right at the eve of the season. And it was basically just Prost bought the engines from Peugeot and that was it. So they just had Peugeot engines. So that that was the thing that kind of screwed them over right at the last minute with them, would you say? A little bit, yeah, yeah. Because obviously if you're a manufacturer-backed team, you have loads of benefits. But they were just buying the engines from Peugeot. They just happened to be the only team that bought the engines from Peugeot. They were They were expected to do well, though. I think they were really pushing to be successful. They weren't just making up the numbers. Um they even had their own video game from... Uh, I can't say I ever played it. No. Did, no, no, did, did any 90, of us play it? Did you play it? No, no. 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 The 1998 Prost Grand Prix game for the um, for the PC. I I watched a walkthrough. Well, a walkthrough. A walk just, someone, just someone playing it on, a, on an old uh, PC. Uh, and if anyone remembers, uh, like the early days i don't know if it's the case now but the early days of pro evo where everyone had fake names yeah um because they're yeah. not licensed yeah so it was based on the 1996 season but everyone had a fake name so instead of hackenen and coulthard at mclaren it was arkenyan and goldhart at mckinen <laughs> and you had rubens marikello and <laughs> i love that gerhardt merger uh, <laughs> michael von blacker for <laughs> ginelli <laughs> So yeah, it was uh, it, wow. a great Ginelli game. Ginelli was yeah. Ferrari. Yeah, oh great my game. Goodness me. But yeah, I guess I guess moving on swiftly towards the actual bit that we're going to be talking about. So yeah, ninety nine. They had a better year. Um, snuck a podium, finished seventh in the title. But then two thousand and one was where the team really went bad. Two thousand and one or two thousand? Sorry, two thousand. Sorry, we're, yeah, 2000. we're skipping a year here, Tommy. Let's, sorry, uh, sorry, two thousand. Far too ahead of ourselves. Yeah, so two thousand was a, a year where they finished with zero points. Finished last behind even Minardi, which uh, is is some achievement, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was that classic thing. It was the end of the three year deal with Peugeot, and Prost hadn't progressed up the grid. Prost blamed Peugeot for not providing good enough engines. Peugeot blamed Prost for not making a good enough car. Um, the truth probably a bit of both um, reminds I mean, me of Williams that they had the whole thing with BMW didn't they where they were both doing it yeah, and yeah. they were blaming each other um, as well I mean Prost apparently had 57 engine failures alone in 2000 which <laughs> is ridiculous that's a lot of money yeah it would have been a lot of grid penalties if they were a thing back then but. <laughs> yeah. yeah I got I wrote down here even though DNFs were a lot more common those days that Alessi finished five times in the whole season and Heidfeld finished six times in the whole season that is pretty poor reliability and yeah they finished behind Minardi just because Minardi got a better result yeah yeah um so. and even when the car was running reliably the drives didn't help matters because Alessi and Heidfeld hit each other on quite a few occasions just right scrapping so for like 20th place so it was just a disaster everything was going wrong um and with that uh they lost a lot of sponsors didn't they which was uh, the sort of beginning of the end for, for yeah yeah i mean they went from this well-funded team with proper title sponsors i mean the car was covered in sponsors like compared to today it just looks ridiculous even for a midfield team yeah go um, on google images and check out a picture of the 2000 prost car and 
yeah sponsored by uh yahoo playstation bic um gate how what's that cigarette company called oh, i can oh, never I, say I don't it. know how to, it's like gulois it looks like gulois do, do you want to try and say it okay because uh, i'm really good at pronunciation um gulois it's probably something like, <laughs> probably like <laughs> gluah, gluah. Gluah. it's just a noise anyway just it's noise. spelled so g-a-u-l-o-i-s-e-s yeah but they lost that as well and if you look at a picture from 2001 which we're going to be talking about now yeah they will um it was pretty much a bare car a bit of a bronze GP style, just nothing on it. 2001, yeah, was was seen as a very much a, a fresh start, wasn't it, for for the team uh, with engines from Ferrari rebadged as Acer, and th- we'll dive now into Esteril preseason testing. Uh, unless you had any information, Dan, it looks like you're you're about to fulfil me with some knowledge. Well, they weren't they weren't called Acer straight away. That's the thing. They oh. were just they were just uh, Prost Ferrari to start with. Okay, uh, going into testing. Um, but yeah, um, Estoril and Barcelona were sort of like the two main preseason test venues, and at both of them, Prost set some really good lap times. So Alessi went a second quicker than anyone else in the Estoril test, and there was yep. actually some genuine hype about Prost expecting to be able to score podiums with this, but uh, things yeah. weren't as uh, it seemed. Well, yeah, I was, I was actually uh, looking into it a bit more, and obviously, uh, as of time of recording this we um have just seen Renault and Toro Rosso I believe were fastest in testing and you know while they might have very good seasons no one's saying you know Alexander Albon's going to be on the podium in <laughs> Melbourne like everyone's a bit you know realistic but um after this pre-season test I found an article from uh, Adam Cooper who's a well-known F1 journalist uh, which was originally published in 2001, and it's basically along the lines of uh, a miracle appears to have taken place in the last few months in Paris after finishing last season in a dire state. Prost Grand Prix is heading towards Melbourne with unbounded optimism. Uh, Jean Alesi is expecting podium finishes, so so they genuinely to come yeah, out and say that. Well, so they, they genuinely thought that was going to be. You know, it was going to be a really good year. It wasn't the case of them. I don't. I don't know. In testing, did the drivers know that that was what well, they were doing? Well, that's the thing. Um, you'd think that the drivers would be in on it, but um, skipping ahead a little bit, but it's a little bit relevant. Later in that season, Alacy left the team. Uh, apparently, he fell out with Prost because I couldn't find any other verification of this apart from a comment on the internet, which we all know how reliable they are. <laughs> oh yeah. But um, apparently one of the reasons why he left was because he wasn't in on the fact that Prost were running the cars underweight in testing. And he genuinely thought the car was a contender and like one of the best cars of his career. And it just turned out not to be. So it's almost like they were trying to not only get sponsors, but they were trying to get the belief of the drivers as well. And just pick a bit of team morale, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But how did they think that was going to work? Because obviously then you go to Australia or the first race of the season and... The, I mean, because they were quickest, they had um, so they just signed the deal with Ferrari, and they had the Ferrari gearbox, it was a uh, gearbox I engine, the and end, the basically. whole rear end of the Ferrari. And obviously, Ferrari were great at that time. So you know, getting one of the, the championship winning back of your car that's a big mm. deal. So they so people were like, okay, this like Proston is essentially half a Ferrari, and now they're going really quick. Maybe this is where things go good yeah yeah i mean 
the idea of going quick and testing is to get sponsors and going back to the Acer thing, it kind of worked because after testing, Acer, which was, they used to make like laptops and things. I don't yep. think they still I do now. I used to have an Acer laptop. I did as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, they basically became title sponsors and then the engines became branded as Acer. So from a, a bit like spon- tag with Red Bull. Yeah, 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 yeah. So from a sponsorship perspective, that worked in a way. Okay, because uh, I've got in my notes that they didn't really get any sponsors or it was it outside of that deal? There outside really of that much. deal, there might have been some minor ones. But, the car's um, still very bare compared to oh, the yeah, 2000 yeah. car. Yeah. yeah, you see the pictures from testing and the car is literally just blue with Pros Grand Prix on the side and then in the first race it's blue with Acer on the side. So with all this hype uh, going into you know coming out of testing and podiums etc the car was terrible as uh, you would expect from the fact that they ran underweight and had an illegal car uh, they only scored four points all year um, and then you mentioned that Alessi left the team yeah um, and the team actually folded in the winter of 2001 uh, Dan you look like you're about to give me some more well that's the thing the knowledge. car wasn't that bad it was you know it wasn't a second lap faster than anyone and when they rocked up to the first race in Australia Alessi was three seconds off of pole <laughs> but compared to apart from that first year when the car was basically a Ligier it was probably their best year I mean the car was reliable it was consistent Lacey was in the top 10 more often than not but the problem was that because they'd run out of money Lacey was basically the only driver who was like competitive and he was at the end of his career they had to start off the year with Gaston Mazzucani who was (laughs) a pay driver basically right but even though he brought money to the team he was fired after four races because he just wasn't performing then they had Luciano Berti was the replaced him he was okay but then he got badly injured in a crash at Spa um and then that thomas was... enger thomas enger yeah yeah so uh thomas enger's quite an interesting fellow um, why is that tommy he uh he has been banned because he uh enjoys a bit of 420 blaze um <laughs> yeah that's, that's one way to put um, it yeah uh he has been done he got done for cannabis um he was actually so he he raced for Pross in two thousand and one, and he was banned. He uh, he was investigated in two thousand and two. This was when he was in Formula three thousand. Yeah, and he actually got stripped of his title for failing a drugs test. That's correct, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or he was disqualified from the last race, which then cost him the title. Right. I actually found a great article from uh, from BBC in two thousand and two. Uh, Christian Horner was his manager. Uh, uh, sorry the team manager at the time uh, and in this article he's saying um, you know like Thomas is uh, like absolutely gutted about this we believe this is a mistake Uh, but my favorite quote is from uh, Thomas Enger's agent who is quoted which sounds like a kind of uh, excuse you'd give your parents if they caught you smoking which was uh, Thomas could have breathed it in at a disco (laughs) 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 wow <laughs> yeah i mean of all the excuses that's the one they went with yeah that i i chuckled a lot when i read that so <laughs> that's, I, had, I, had to, I had to mention that oh wow well any more any more from either of um, you in terms of Prost gp 2001 well of Lacey effectively the seat swap with jordan and frensing was the fifth driver who raced for the team um and he qualified fourth at spa which was like wow this is incredible maybe you know frensing was well known at that time for being great in midfield cars mm. And it's like, oh, maybe he can pull off some results. 
but then he stalled at the start and that start from the back so all ah. of that effort just went to nothing yeah they only got four points didn't they that year um and then yeah. it was game over i assume they just folded they folded at the end of 2001 right and um yeah basically start? well um at the end of 2000 pedro diniz uh bought a share the of legend. the team the legend that is pedro diniz bought a share of the team and at the end of 2001 he offered to buy out the team as whole and it almost became Diniz Grand Prix wow I did not know that That w- which would have been you know that's an, going from Alain Prost owning a team to Pedro Diniz owning a team that's like the next level yeah. um, <laughs> obviously but apparently he and apparently Diniz most of his share was controlled by his father and Prost didn't get on with his father so that fell through oh. um, there were numerous other deals that fell through uh, one by Phoenix Finance uh, who have tried to enter off on a few times actually um, that didn't go through Prost applied for entry into the 2002 season and it was rejected and then it just folded from there basically oh, a sad end it was a sad end and, and and even more sort of heartbreaking is Alan Prost is always quoted as saying it's the biggest regret of his career starting a, a yeah, team right yeah yeah I mean what, you, why because it just went so wrong oh. and, and also he was a great of F1 you think he started the team in 97 that was only four years after he retired that would be like if Nico Rosberg started a team next year sort of thing it's like he's still fresh in the memories of F1 fans yeah and, and then started... just has this terrible team that does really badly yeah it would sort of dampen your yeah. like, reputation even though it's nothing to do with you as a driver it's just a bit yeah. of a rubbish yeah. way to I mean it end. could have been even even bigger because uh, I read quotes from Prost where he said that he was thinking of starting a team after like immediately after he retired in 1994 and he was speaking with Senna about it, and he, they sort of said, "Oh, let's start a team. I'll start a team. You come and drive for me," sort of thing. So Senna driving a Prost could have been a thing. Wow, well, that would have been uh, crazy. That's one for the speculation. Mm. Um, have we exhausted both of your uh, brains, boys, on that? Have we? Uh, yeah. Have we done that? All our facts are yeah. dried oh, up. That's all. That's, that's it's a pretty interesting topic, really. To be honest, you know, you don't really think about teams doing that so much these days. But then you've got Toro yeah. and Renault going to the top of the timesheets. Who knows? You know. I mean, for Prost, be. it was a hail mary. Just you know, we've got nothing to lose. Let's yeah. just go crazy and testing, and it kind of worked for a year. But you can only do that so many times before people cotton on, and then. And that's the thing. It, it will secure sponsorship for that short time but then you know when it's kind of seen as that they'll play these kind of tricks you know that's when sponsors you know when it comes out that's when sponsors will be like I'm not touching that with a barge pole yeah you know so Um, that's I guess one of the reasons why they didn't survive yeah I mean another reason as well is just because that was the time when cost are escalating I mean everyone just dismissed Prost as oh you know that's just a failure of a team that's happened all the time but then in the next few years you had Minardi disappear Arrows disappear Jordan got sold to another team don't say Arrows disappear too loud because yeah Tom will start I'm crying. Uh, yeah, I will too. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we start qu- uh, crying, crying, we should uh, probably wrap this one up. Uh, that time when Prost GP went underweight and smashed some lap times. Thank you so much, guys, for for taking part. A bit weird for us to do audio only, isn't it? A bit weird to not have cameras in our face. Well, not for you, Dan, because you've no, no, I don't just remember. But, I'm just a... Yeah, I think the weird. I think the weirdest thing after the first one was normally we're used to putting stuff out on YouTube and we get a instant sort of this is hilarious or this is terrible. Yeah, so. Please do send us a message and let us know if you like it, if you can think of any more topics that you'd like 
being covered yeah definitely you know yeah. definitely come in with with topics and things that you'd like us to talk about um it's a new format it's something that we'd like to keep you know concise quick and i think we've talked for a little while but uh you know we've been we've enjoyed ourselves uh but so yeah leave us uh, a message use the hashtag wtf1 podcast on twitter leave us a review uh, and rating on apple podcasts if that's where you're going and if not please go on there because uh we want to get up to number one but you know being all the podcasts in the yeah. world uh and that's it thank you so much uh, to tommy and to dan and thank you, uh, we'll see you next time Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we did that exactly the same last time. We do it. We do it in the uh, video podcast as well. You go. See you next time. Bye. And then it's just the English thing that you just go. Bye. <laughs> when you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a ten-year, one hundred thousand-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.